welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, March the 3rd. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's grace. Gosh, thanks for being present with me today as we break open um, the second Sunday of Lent, the readings that we're going to hear this coming weekend. Uh, By the way, welcome to March. Can you believe it? We are, well, those of you in the Northern Hemisphere anyway, we are, I think, on the downward slope of winter, and uh, and March is that weird month where we're going to get some good, you know, kind of uh, foreshadowing of spring weather, and then we're going to get some really odd, you know, uh, cold that, that winter is not let go type of weather yet, but hey, we're getting there, we're getting there, and uh, and of course the word Lent means springtime, right? So, uh, hey, we're, we're moving in, in that way. And, and we're moving through this 40-day experience that brings us to that new life, right? Uh, not just of springtime, although that is present in the world all around us. We, we witness resurrection not only in our churches and in our readings, but we witness it in creation. And that's part of the wonder and beauty of this. As always, my friends, uh, if you are new to this, welcome. My name is Joe Zenk. I am a lay Catholic minister. I worked for many years within uh, three dioceses, the Diocese of Cheyenne, Wyoming, the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and then latest, uh, last 14 years, the Diocese of Green Bay. And now I am currently a hospice chaplain uh, for the past year and a half about or so. And every week, I'll uh, look at the readings for the coming weekend and just give us something to chew on them. Hopefully, in 20 minutes or less, although the last three weeks I've been a little verbose. So let's move right along. That said, what are we going to hear this weekend? We're going to hear our first reading, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4a. So a short reading there, Genesis 12, 1 to 4a. And then after that, we are going to read out of Matthew's gospel, the same reading that we would hear every second Sunday of Lent, just depending on which gospel we're hearing it from. And that's the story of the transfiguration. Today, it's coming out of Matthew 17, 1 to 9. As always, brothers and sisters, I invite you to hit pause. I invite you to hit silence, whatever it is. Prepare yourself for the word of God. Invite the Holy Spirit uh, to come within you while this word is being proclaimed and find root within your life within your day, uh, within this moment. And we're looking for a word, a phrase, an idea, an image, whatever it is. However the Spirit of God comes to you, I invite you to sit with that. And with that, let's break open God's Word. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord said to Abram, Go forth from the land of your kinsfolk, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All the communities of the earth shall find blessing in you. Abram went forth as the Lord directed him. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel 
according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you get a reading like that, there is so much there. And we could talk about, you know, all the symbolism and things within that, but I don't want to do that. I really just want to focus on one point that makes itself known within the first reading and finds itself also in our gospel. Now, there's far more than this. And if the Spirit led you in a different way, you hold on to that. But here's where the Spirit led me in my prayer and in my contemplation of these readings today. And it's simply this. The first reading, the first line, the Lord said to Abram, go forth from the land of your kinsfolk and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Brothers and sisters, it's so easy. Now again, I don't want to say what's easy for you. I think what I'm saying is probably true for you too. I know it's true for me. My friends, it is so easy for me to be static. Listen, I'm 58 years old. I, I've been in ministry for over 30 plus years. I have, I, I have a master's in it. I have read scripture. I can't tell you how many times. I have studied the catechism. I, I, I know the, the church and its teaching. I have been to countless masses. And I may think, brothers and sisters, because of that, I know, I, I know God. I know the ways of God. I know the mind of God. I know the heart of God. I know the voice of God. I know how God invites us, and I know to where God invites us. And therefore, I have plumbed the depths of God. Now, I would never really say that, but I might kind of think it. And even if I don't fully think it, I kind of act like it. That I become static, and God becomes an old friend. God becomes an old sweater that I put on and one that I know the contours of and one that I know the smells. 
and one that I know what to expect. But brothers and sisters, to the extent that I do that and to the extent that you do that, we are wrong. We are selling God short because God is far beyond that. Listen, I have made a life of, of attempting to know the ways and means of God and communicating them uh, to those loved ones in the parishes, to those loved ones in my family, wherever that be. Um, but brothers and sisters, God is always bigger. The height and the breadth and the length and the depth of God are beyond us, right? They are. One of the, of, of the ways we speak of ourselves as church is we are a pilgrim people. We sing about it. We talk about it. We are a pilgrim people. And if that is true, and it is, what do we know about pilgrims? That they are on a journey, right? That they are not a static people. That they are not a people with roots that have figured something out and planted those roots and said, here we stand, you know, I can, I can do no other. And, and listen, I love Martin Luther's line. I, I am a big fan of it because there is a time and a place for it. But brothers, as a people of God, attempting to understand the mind and heart and the means and the ways and the voice and the action of God and where to where God invites us, we cannot say, I stand here, here I stand, I can do no other. We must say, Lord, where is it you're calling me? How, do you know how old Abram was when he received this call? This call away, by the way, from the people, his kinsfolk, his family, his friends, his rootedness, everything that he knew. All he had was Sarai, his, his wife, right? I don't want to say all that. That's incredibly important. You got your best friend. But brothers and sisters, he was 75. And God said, go forth from every rooted part of you that you know, that part that is rooted in your community, in rooted in family, rooted in your loved one, rooted in your very image of yourself, rooted in your work, all that stuff. Go forth from it. Why? Because I'm calling you somewhere new. You know, I think it's easy for us to look at vocation, right? And say, you know, as Catholics, we talk about vocation. We're like, are you called to uh, the priesthood? Are you called to religious life? Hey, that's wonderful. Are you called to the married life? Are you called to the single life? And we think those are decisions that are made usually maybe in our 20s. When I'm, I, I, I discern that and say, am I called to religious life or am I called to the priesthood? And am I called to being single or am I called to marriage? And I make that decision then and I follow through on that decision and the rest of my life is really lived out of that decision and I just kind of move forward based on that. And, and in one sense, that's not wrong. But in another sense, brothers and sisters, that's a decision, again, me being 58, that I would have made 30 years ago and, and simply live in the repercussions of that, but don't have to make it again and again and again. But brothers and sisters, I would argue that that's completely incorrect, that God continues to call us, um, maybe not necessarily out of that, you know, those big categories, but how do we live within those categories and what that means? Because God may be calling us away from all the rootedness within those communities, and I simply... Now, he doesn't call him opposite Sarai. He doesn't say go away from Sarai, right? 
And so you and I who are married, he's not saying go away from your spouse. He's saying, Joe, take Renee, but here's a new mission that I have for both of you, even though you're in your 50s. The summons of God, brothers and sisters, and by the way, that's what vocation means, summons. Abram, to his credit, listened and heard the summons and had the courage to say, yes, I don't know where you're leading me. And that's scary as all Hades. But I trust you. And that's really all I need. And I'm going to move forward. Now, how, brothers and sisters, does that uh, go with the transfiguration? And I would argue it goes incredibly well with the transfiguration. Here's why. Jesus calls them up on a mountain, right? We all want to be on a mountaintop experience. We love those. It's those spaces we feel incredibly close to God. And those are great. Those are great. We want to hold on to them. And frankly, even Peter says that, right? Listen, Elijah and Moses representing the fullness of the, the, the scriptures, you know, appear. And we feel really close to God. I want to root myself. And he says, Lord, it's good we're here. We're going to make some tents because we want to root here. But Jesus says effectively, that ain't what it's about. We must not, on this mission that we're called to, root ourselves even when it feels close to God because the mission and ministry of God takes place not on the mountaintop but in the midst of the people. And beyond that, okay, so that's the part of it. That's a good start for us. But what happens then? After Pete says, let's root ourselves here, this great cloud of unknowing comes over them, right? It says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. And from that cloud came a voice that said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased Listen to him. And the disciples fall on their face, prostrate because they were very much afraid. What's going on here? Brothers and sisters, if we are to follow Jesus, and I certainly hope the answer to that is yes. If we are to follow Jesus, that's going to take us out of those places where we may think we want to stake our claim and and stake our roots and say, here we stand, we can stand no other. It's going to take us into a place of unknowing that's going to be dark sometimes, and it's going to be scary. Now, this voice that spoke, is it says virtually the same words, right, that said to Jesus at his baptism, almost identical. At that time, the voice was speaking to Jesus. It said, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And that's where it stopped. But this time, it says, this is my beloved son. In a sense, who's this voice talking to? It's talking to Peter. It's talking to Peter, James, and John. But effectively, it's talking to Peter, who just said, let's root ourselves on this mountain. And and this voice is now saying, hey, you, Pete, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. But then he adds on something that was not said at Jesus' baptism. He says it to Peter. He says, listen to him. Now, why would that be important? Because of the the reading that immediately preceded this, right? We're on 17, right? One to nine. Had we read 16, what happens? It's that marvelous reading of 
the disciples in Jesus at Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the beloved one. You are the Christ, the, the Son of God. And, and Jesus says, well done, Peter, for it wasn't flesh and blood that, that said this to you, but my very Father in heaven. And because of this, you are a rock. You are Peter, because he was called Simon up to that point. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Okay? So far, so good. But then Jesus starts to go and talks about, he says, from that time on, meaning after this proclamation of Peter's that says, this is who you are. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes and be killed and on the third day raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him and said, God forbid, Lord, no such thing will ever happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter, you know what he does. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as humans do. What this voice is saying, the shadow is saying, Peter, don't be afraid to go into the cloud, the dark cloud of unknowing. Yeah, you don't know where it's going to go. But here's what I'm going to remind you. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Don't come up with your own ideas. Listen to his. Yep, it's going to take you out of the place, this mountaintop experience where you think we're always close to God, into that place of, of suffering where, you know what, amazingly enough, in suffering and death, you're going to find me. That makes no sense to us, and we avoid it, and we run to the mountaintops, and we want to be there. But our God says, you want to follow me? There's no age limit on when I'm going to call you. And you know what I am going to call you into? A cloud of unknowing that is going to be scary. Abraham had no idea where he was going to go. Peter, James, and John had no idea where this cloud of unknowing was going to lead. But here's what Abram knew. And to Peter, James, and John's credit, eventually they got it too. That it didn't matter necessarily where the cloud led. They knew the one who was leading them into the cloud. And that one could be trusted. My friends, I don't know where God's calling you at this time in your life. I have a hard enough time understanding where God is calling me. But here's what I know. God still speaks, and he calls us out of our security. He calls us out of our comfort into that place of the wilderness. Isn't that our Lenten journey? The Spirit's the one that led Jesus. We just heard that last week. The Spirit's the one that led Jesus from that place of comfort into the wilderness. Our God still invites us from the places we want to root into places of unknowing. But our God walks with us. Our God is not static. We are a pilgrim people. We have not mined the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of God. Our God still has surprises for us. Let us allow God to call us out of our, our, our comfort and our security, maybe even into our fear, but let us trust that our God will be with us in the midst of it. And we will journey to that place where blessing waits, even in the midst of journeying through hardship to get there. Let's pray. And so, my friends, we continue through the sorrowful mysteries. The fourth sorrowful mystery, Jesus carries his cross. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for breaking open God's word with me today. May your weekend, your week ahead, be filled with every good blessing. Be well, and God's peace.